Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here as always and I would apologize for the delay in this, but you know what? Uh, you're going to see a lot, other, lot of other podcasts already come out with their thoughts on the City game. So we thought we would switch it up, that being obviously myself, Simon O'Regan, and Danny Raza as well. So we're going to kind of briefly touch on the City game, obviously the loss there, as frustrating as it is, even though it's City. Uh, we're going to maybe turn this into a bit of a kind of a mailbag thing, read out some questions, read out some three-word reviews. We'll even touch a little bit on the uh, West Brom game on Sunday. Um, and you know what? If we have some time, we'll talk about the ESL. So it's kind of going to be really all over the place for this one, but hopefully you guys enjoy. Of course, if you want to uh, leave a five-star review, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Acast, wherever you get your pods. Any reviews are greatly appreciated, and I should probably say that more to uh, get this spread out more. But anyways, let's pan it over to Danny Raza first. Danny, how you doing? Yeah, not bad, man. Not bad. Um, I'm, I'm chilling. Um, I, I think after the game, we 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 decided that we weren't going to record straight after because it was late in the UK, and um, yeah, I'm fasting at the moment, so like you know, I, I could be I could be a little bit off and on when it comes to when it comes to my mood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm good. I'm good today. Um, I think now the dust settled a little bit on the city game. Back where we were, really. I think um, as Aston Villa, it's just I think this season is whistled away and we're just kind of waiting now aren't we? we're just kind of waiting we're not going to get relegated and in the words of myself in literally any situation i'm just vibing now and villa are just vibing wow the arrogance of this man to quote himself i tell you what if i had a good example to compare you to i so would and i i, I did and i completely forgot about it but anyways if we have any hot topics we'll send it over to danny because he's clearly hangry so um we'll we'll, fo- we'll file those over there eventually but anyways of course there always is a third to all this fun that being simon o'regan simon how you doing yeah not too bad um similar to danny really sort of after the game now we've died to settle. To be honest, even actually immediately after the game, I, I wasn't wasn't as angry as I have been in some of the other more recent defeats because I mean I'm sure we'll, you know, touch on it, but let's just be honest, Man City are operating on a completely different level to us. Um I know everyone uh, well, certainly the critics at the moment keep saying you can't keep referring back to last season, you can't keep referring back to last season. But when we played City last year, they demolished us 6-1 in the league game at Villa Park and they could have got well into double figures. So you, the difference between that game and last night's game, even though you know, we still end up losing, which isn't great, but they, you know, there's a clear, clear difference to, to uh, what we were 12 months ago. So I, I'm, not, I'm not really that depressed because I don't think anyone really expected anything different from that. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things too where when you look at it, I mean... 
to be frustrated to lose the city, I think that's also a sign of maybe a step up. And I know some people will say, you know what, Cole, shut up. We still lost. We were in a rut, blah, 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 because there is so much negativity um, anytime you lose. And I, I think that's also because we're just we're comfortable. We're not in a relegation fight. And to be honest, I don't know if I've ever been in this situation myself. So I can kind of understand why other people are getting frustrated because it's been so long where you're just comfortable. You're not really playing for anything. Usually we're either playing for promotion or not or relegation or not. So it is what it is, but of course uh, we'll, we'll touch on the city result. Of course, John McGinn scored within the first 20 seconds, followed up by Phil Foden, basically schooling the whole Villa team, the 22nd minute. And of course, Rodri scoring in the 40th for a header that arguably probably should have done better on, but Nonetheless, it is what it is. Of course, there was two red cards as well. John Stones was set off for a very, very high foot and a tackle on Ramsey, of course. And then you had Matty Cash with two uh, quick successive uh, yellow cards. And I mean, I guess that's the one thing maybe we can talk about here. But Danny, I'll come back to you. What were your whole thoughts on this game? And if you want to give your thoughts on the red card for Matty Cash, go ahead. Yeah, I mean... It's one of them ones. Look, we started brilliantly and, and, I, and I thought, you know, this is great. We've got some good open football going on. This is exactly what I want to be seeing from Villa. Unfortunately, the, the issue is that it turned out that, you know, that goal was a bit of an anomaly in that match because, you know, we, we didn't we didn't play that open style of football throughout. You know, we didn't keep it up. And, and I know you can't really um, expect to hold on to the ball. Um, you can't expect to kind of dictate play against City, but my word, I mean, the, the fact that we can't seem to string passes together is really, really irritating now. You know, the the it's 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 that's the reason really we weren't able to kind of have any sort of hold on the game. You know, City weren't at their best, to be honest. You know, they once City were down to ten men, John Stones obviously was rightly rightly sent off you know you thought maybe it would be a good time for us to get a grip on a grip on it and even up until our red card from Matty Cash which was completely unnecessary um you know we, we didn't really bother him and, and I just think that there's something fundamentally wrong with the way we're playing right now and I think that's the reason why a lot of people are getting frustrated with Dean Smith where it's like the football on the pitch is not representative of a team going forward and and it's not representative of a of a mid-table top half premier league team right now um it all seems a bit sort of clumped together that being said good to see keenan davis playing good to see ramsey getting a start and um look we weren't thrashed we weren't thrashed we were kind of there or thereabouts with city i just wish we we had that little extra um, or that X factor that, that we're lacking right now. And I think that is very, very necessary to pick up points in the Premier League. I think that's that's it. I just felt a bit sort of... I just felt like it was points lost more than anything because there was never a better chance. I mean, as Dean Smith said, to beat um, the uh, champions-elect, so to speak, I thought we could have done better against Tottenham. I thought we could have been better against Liverpool. You know, all of those points that we gained against... Uh, big six sides, quote unquote, at the start of the season, we're not earning them anymore, and I don't know why. Um, but that's the guess I'd hazard is that we're not moving enough, and we, we just can't pass the ball well enough. That's that's my main thoughts at the end of that. Can I say one thing? The thing I love is that 
everyone gets negative, but nothing bad can be said about Keenan Davis ever. It's like he's like the the charity case that just keeps on giving. He puts everyone in a good mood. He he could literally sit on the pitch for 20 minutes and do nothing. And everyone's you know like, what? oh, Keenan. <laughs> but Cole, Cole, he presses and he works hard. And, and that's, oh, no, that's, like not, all, that's yeah. all I ask sometimes. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's doing anything wrong. I just love how like it, it, he could literally score on his own goal and everyone would be like, oh, Keenan Davis. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a, I yeah. don't know. It's like, oh, you're so cute. I'm not calling him cute. Like anyway, so shut up. Yeah. And everything, and everything Ross Barkley does is, um, you know, is gets the opposite effect. I think there was one point, I don't know if you guys noticed it during the game where Tyrone Mings kind of like hoofed the ball out and it almost seems like he had some choice words to say to Ross Barkley. Um, I won't repeat those, but uh, yeah, it's just not not working out, is it? You know, mm. he's still he came on the pitch. We 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 did a Steve Bruce when we were down to ten men. And we threw as many tackers on as possible, but no, nothing nothing was going to work whilst whilst everybody spread out and playing for themselves almost. Yeah, I mean, we just didn't have that Christopher Samba kind of presence up front. You know what I mean? But anyway, Simon, I'll come to you. Where, where does this game sit with you? I mean. Yeah, it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, like you said before, it is Man City, of course, or uh, uh, Manchester Blue, whatever they should be called. <laughs> going on here. Yeah, I mean, as like you say, I mean, the early goal obviously was was great, but I I just thought all we all we've done is really piss them off here. And to be fair, they're coming off the back of two defeats, so they were going to be determined to you know stop that rot as well. Um, yeah, it was just, I, it's difficult to go too critical because, as, as I say, they're, they're just a, they're a much better team than us. Like, sometimes you just got to be honest and say we're not as good as, as the opposition. What was very unfortunate was the uh, Matty Cash red cards because, now I'm not for one second saying oh, we definitely got something out of that game, but we did go out in that second half with two up front and... In that period before Cash got sent off, okay, we, hadn't, we hadn't necessarily created anything major, but we were playing a lot more in that half of the pitch. So the longer the game went on, you never know if something could have changed. But once, obviously, Cash went off and it was back to 10 v 10, then then they just sort of took over and looked comfortable again. I think I've got to say, I think a special word to Phil Foden. I mean, I'm a massive fan of him anyway. I think he's a fantastic player. He should be starting for England. But I mean, he... He gave Matty Cash a tiny time last night. And Cash has had a very, very good season. And, um, you know, not many people have given him the runarounds like that. But, you know, Foden's a special player. Man City have got a number of special players. You know, that, you know De Bruyne wasn't even starting last night. You know, when you can leave players like that out of the starting lineup, you can, and, you know, it's, it doesn't make a difference to the control you have in midfield. It just shows you the, the level that they're operating on right now. And I, as I say, I just I don't, I, some of the recent performances and results, like certainly the Tottenham and Liverpool games, I can understand fans' frustrations with them because both of those teams aren't in you know, the greatest form and were there to be got at. I think last night, if you're just taking it in isolation, I don't, I don't really see where you can have too many complaints of what went on. But I suppose it is sort of like Danny was saying earlier, it's, it's the fact that this, it's that same old pattern of just not being able to keep hold of the ball and giving it away cheaply. If if they're, you know, Man City obviously pressed very well, but it's not like it was, we were giving the ball away because we were being pressed. Some of the times we are giving it away, it was under little or no pressure at all and just 
silly sloppy passes like McGinn. I think there was about two or three times in the space of 30 seconds or so in midway through the uh, first half. We just gave the ball away pretty much on the edge of our area, not even looking where he's passing. And it, stuff like that against a team like City is, you know, you, I, you can't really have a defence for that because that's just basic sloppy play. That is, that's nothing that the opposition are doing to you. So, yeah, sort of mixed, mixed bag, really, of what's going on at the moment. What, you know what I don't like is that um, it seems as though whenever we play anybody, they play with a really high line. Just casually yeah. against us, knowing that, well, you know what? We can play a high line. Let's choke them because Villa aren't going to break. They're not going to get through us. You know, it's almost it's almost like they don't have to defend, and 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 that that's that was what was happening against City yesterday. They were, they, like whenever there was a goal kick, whenever there was a throw in in our half, you just saw the number of City players just just up there, mm. and you were just thinking to yourselves, can somebody just lob it over the top to Watkins or something? Do you know? I was just to be fair, like when you think of of what we did twenty seconds into the game. It was, you know, John Stones has had a very good season, but he struggles with that ball down the channel. You, we saw it in the uh, Carling Cup final, or Carabao Cup, whatever it's called now, the Cup final against us uh, when we played against him last season. It was a ball over the top that Stones messed up where our goal came from in that game. Same happened last night. So you're thinking, well, that's that's worked once. Like you say, why, instead of trying to just pass through them through the midfield, which we're not going to do against Man City. Why wouldn't you just chuck a few down the channel for Watkins to test them? But, you know, you suppose you've got to have the ball to do that. And we only had, what, 18% possession in that first half. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that it just kind of, I mean, the first goal, I mean, it just happened so quickly. I think it even cost, caught most Villa fans kind of off guard. Like, did that actually just happen? So, I don't know. I like the way we played for the first 15 minutes. Like, we kind of called their bluff in terms of, okay, you're going to press us. We're going to do it right back. And they didn't really have an answer for it. And, like, it's very hard to play against a Man City side with this quality and high press them and really kind of push at them and force them, hopefully, into mistakes because they very rarely make any for so long. But just as soon as that goal went in, as soon as a few more opportunities didn't go our way, it was just like, okay, let's sit back and – Let's hope for the best. And then, you know what, you're two, you're a goal down. You've conceded two goals and you're just kind of sitting there like, okay, like what's the point? And I think I even said it right before John Stones got sent off. This is basically over. And I mean, two red cards, I mean, for either side, basically nullified that. That had to have been probably the most boring second half I've seen all season. And that's no understatement. I mean, there was nothing and City didn't really have to do anything. They're comfortable. You know, they're just going to pass the ball around. Um, to be honest, it was probably one of my most productive work days when the Villa game was on because there was not much to watch for that last 45 minutes. But anyways, guys, before we get on to the uh, man of the matches, the match balls or whatever we call them these days, let's go to some uh, three word summaries or three word reviews, I should say. On Twitter, there was around 177 of them. Uh, you guys are absolutely mental. I'm not going to read all 177 because we'll probably be here for forever, especially with how I read things and pronounce things. So anyways, uh, I'll read out probably, I don't know, five or six of them right now. Thank you, of course, for all of you getting involved. You can, of course, tweet us at 7,500 uh, to Holt. Wow, if I can not butcher that in the future. Um, and we'll read them out, um, as many out as soon and as best as possible so we'll start with uh, chris smith saying still missing 
Jack uh, Steven Sanders says fucking dog shit. Uh, <laughs> Rye said lasted longer ESL. Um, Villain Locks says on to next year. Uh, we'll try to scroll down here to get more variety. Ash Skinner on their holidays. Um, let's see here. Alex says another relegation performance. Well, thank God we're not actually competing for a relegation. Uh, Aston Villa Singapore and Lions Club saying poor without Jack again. And then I'll read out two more. Uh, we'll finish with Martin Rammer saying, actually, no, that's like eight words. So sorry, yours is uh, disqualified, Martin. Uh, Ross Hardy saying 20 glorious seconds. And finally, we'll finish with Henry saying very, very boring. So you know what? Those probably some all of that 90 or so minutes up anyways. Of course, like I said before, you can tweet us at 7,500 to hold in the future and we will read them out. Uh, Simon, I'll come back to you. Who would you give your man of the match slash match ball to? Um, does it have to be a bit of player? I mean, you know what? I'll allow either side today, to be honest. I, honestly, I, I, I thought Foden was, was so good. I, I'd feel... I'd feel ridiculous saying that anyone else. I know we normally always pick a better player, but I, I'm going to break rank this time and say Foden. I, I thought it was incredible last night. Danny, how about you? Yeah, I think it's just uh, worth saying, and, and uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give it to a City player just because it's not what we do. But you know, I'm, I'm going to. I think Foden, uh, Simon. I, I can. I can understand why he's where you go with that. Personally, and I'll say this right now, he is the best English player. Like there isn't a better there isn't a better midfielder than him, um, and uh, I know a lot of Villa fans won't want to hear it, but uh, personally at the moment I'd say Phil Foden's better than Jack Grealish. But that's you know that's a whole other debate, and also uh, Grealish is injured and can't really answer to that. So that's you know that's partially why I say that. Um, but yeah, I think Watkins did his job in that when he was actually given something to chase he did and he claimed the assist um it's not his fault that there's a total lack of creativity from 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 our team i don't know you know what what, what you can do about it <sighs> matty target i think had a decent game to be fair to him i didn't think he put a foot wrong um i thought i also think konza had to almost play right back and right center back um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to Matty Target. I think I'm gonna give it to Matty Target. I thought, I thought he had a really difficult job to do. I thought he had a really difficult job to do. Um, and you know, it, again, if 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 Villa had bothered going forward and, and bothered actually trying to threaten Man City, then um, you know, it, it might have been easier to give him that. But um, yeah, he 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 had to play basically in a position that wasn't his own uh, for the majority of that second half. So yeah, yeah. I'll give it to him. That's fair. I mean, I'm going to go with Maddie Target as well. That's who I, I was kind of scrambling to be honest when I asked that question to Simon. I didn't really think of who I should uh, nominate, but yeah, I mean, he didn't put a foot wrong. I, there was one instance where I think last season he would have probably screwed this up, but it just kind of speaks to how much he's grown in less than a year. To be honest, um, I think it was in our own half or in our own box really, and he could have easily just either passed it back or knowing last year, he probably would have just put it into a kind of a danger zone and we would have been sprung on the counter. And he just simply put it out for, I can't remember if it was a corner or for a, a throw in, but it's just simple things like that. Just clearing your lines and doing the, really the small things really that 
matter the most at the end of the day. So I will give it to Maddie Target as well. But we're going to put the uh, city loss in the rear view now and we're going to move on because, like I said, we're going to do this like a little bit of a, a mailbag session now. I think there is about four or five responses where people sent in questions or topics that we can discuss. So we're going to go over them, uh, probably each of them here rather quickly since we do have to uh, briefly touch on the uh, West Brom game as well so i will actually get those up here and i should have had them up already because now i'm absolutely filling uh time here so that's 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 very poor of me but anyways here uh we'll start with uh our very own our 7500s very own uh corbin who says uh u23s they may possibly play a part going forward as smith sees what is in-house for next year so Simon, I'll give this one to you, and then Danny, I'll give you the next question. We'll kind of split these up here so we're not sitting on one for too long. So, Simon, with the, the U23s, do you think they have any kind of part to play for the rest of the season? Um, yeah, but in moderation. I don't subscribe to the idea that you'll get some people saying that will want to see you know, three or four of them chucked in. I, there's no benefit to that, especially if with the way that we're playing at the moment. I think you can introduce one or two here or there. I was glad to see um, Chuck Wamake on the bench last night. I, I never expected him to come on, but I think just having him in that match day squad would be a good thing. And I'd like to see that happen a bit more as the remainder goes on. Like, to be honest, personally, for the game, the West Brom game on Sunday, obviously um, Cash is suspended for that. I'd be half tempted to play uh, Kessler rather than El Mohamedi. Like, I'm a big fan of El Mohamedi. I think he's a good player. But he's not going to be given a new deal at the end of the season. So it's a game that, you know, play, the right back is not going to be the make or break for how that game goes. We've got nothing really to play for. So I think that would be a good opportunity to chuck him in. And then as the remaining games go on, I'd like to see the likes of Aaron Ramsey, Louis Barry, Chuck and Maker, you know, not all of them, but one or two of them on the bench each game. And if the opportunity arises, give them 10, 15 minutes. You might as well do it because, as I say, we've got nothing else to really play for now this season. So why not? Fair enough. Uh, Danny, I'll send the next one to you. Uh, it's from Interpol um, at Bandeximex. Sorry if I, or Ben, I don't know, Bendymex. I, I probably butchered that, but anyways. Uh, he's asking, does Grealish being out mean that almost every other Villa player somehow loses their ability to run and pass the ball? Um, then he just says, cheers, guys. Looking forward to this episode. So thank you very much, Paul. Um, but yeah, take it away. I mean, it tells me that um, he's the leader in the team, and the team definitely is lifted when he's in there. And I think that's important. And I think that's you know that's absolutely kind of um, praise to Jack Grealish for that. But I think at the same time, it does worry me that that they aren't able to pick themselves up and play in the same sort of freeway um as when as when jack is there i i i don't think and as as i say i don't think it's an issue of of jack Grealish being out because yeah i i can i can i can sense i can sense the the passive aggressiveness and the sarcasm in the message um as well in that yeah you know there's there's no reason why they should why they should be playing as poorly as they are and there's no reason why they shouldn't be passing the ball around um much better than they are and i think you know this is this is as i say why people have been getting a bit frustrated with Dean Smith because it's starting to look a bit like a coaching issue. It's starting to look a bit like a, um, 
yeah, you know, Jack Grealish isn't going to fix that. And, uh, and, and, you know, we, 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 we sorted this out a lot, you know, over the summer. We sorted this out after coming back from lockdown last year as well. It almost seems as though, for some reason or another, they've kind of fallen into this weird sort of pit where they've forgotten how to do these very simple things. Now, for me, I think, you know, looking, looking ahead to next season, Potentially, what needs to happen is uh, we we sort out a fit, you know, for, sort out better fitness for these players. Maybe we bring in players who run around a little bit more. For me, the issue is that there's not enough movement. Uh, no one's making themselves available for passes, um, and and generally the intensity isn't 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 high enough in matches. And I think that's why the issues are are, are showing. So, um, just to put it back there, even if Jack Grealish was in this team, I think that I, I think these issues would still be showing, um, and it's something that needs to be sorted but i'm a little bit worried why that hasn't been fixed over the last couple of years yeah and i mean it's something that i mean christ you can go back to the benteke days and like he i'm not saying he's the same level of jack because in my mind jack's way above that obviously different positions but it just always seemed to be kind of like a one-man syndrome they're gonna kind of lead you to the charge and eventually at some point in my mind, I, I just think you just need two dogs in that race at least to kind of balance things out if you're going to make a, a real progression in my mind. But uh, we'll open this up to both of you. I'll give you an answer here each, hopefully. Uh, Tom asks, should a back three be considered of Kanza and Mings in Hawes? Uh, free up target and I guess Elmo now uh, for the time being in wide areas. Uh, he says no wingers are in form. Three central mid uh, freeze up uh, to get forward support for Watkins as well. Uh, wouldn't mind giving it a chance. So Simon, I'll come to you. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think in, th- in theory, it's not a bad suggestion. I just think it's, it's not something that you can, it's, you know, it's not like playing FIFA or football manager where you can just change a formation like that and it's going to work. I, I think playing uh, the way we've been playing, you know, we played this 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, however you want to call it, pretty much for the last three years since Dean Smith's come in. So if you're to then switch to a back three and expect it to just work like that, I mean, you know, the players, those players aren't used to playing in that formation. You know, they're very different ways of playing. It's something that perhaps, uh, you know, over the summer when pre-season comes in, that, you know, is something to be to be looked at. But, yeah, I, I get, I get it in principle. I think it's, you know, it's, it's well worth having that sort of another string to your bow. But I don't know if in reality that's something you could just you could do on Sunday and expect it to prove an instant hit. I mean, some, that's something that needs to be worked on. Yeah, I think the complication is that, like, you know, and I, this is the this is the thing. I, I hate using the stats because uh, because the team before January is an absolute far cry from what we've got right now. Unfortunately. Um, but, you know, the, the defensive stats do speak for themselves, I suppose. Um, I mean, Martinez has had so many different clean, clean sheets. It's going to be a little bit difficult, really, to change the formation and expect similar kinds of results. Um, it isn't the defensive side of things which are a worry, really. I suppose if it does kind of, yeah, I don't know, uh, give us a few more numbers in midfield, that wouldn't be the worst thing because that has been an issue for us. Uh, we have done it before where we switched to a three-back and it has worked. Um the only worry I do have is that uh, I watched a bit of the Villa versus Leeds under 23 game um, last week and both Courtney Hawes and Engels, uh, you know, delivered very poor performances against Leeds kids, basically. 
Um, and, and that was very, very depressing to watch. Uh, again, this might well just show the difference in the type of football that, that we're playing with um, with other sides in the Premier League. But anyway, back to it. I wouldn't mind doing it. I wouldn't mind us changing it. It's a huge weakness that we have, that we only have one system and we refuse to change from it. And it has been to our detriment. And uh, yeah, I think definitely we should be looking at developing it because Leicester do it, Everton do it, Chelsea have done it. You know, plenty of teams in this league have switched to a three-back when it has suited them. And I'd like to see more of that. Fair enough. Very well said by you both. I mean, maybe this is something we'll uh, try to do a little bit more often. If we can get enough questions, we'll do it as like a, a lone episode, maybe at some point to fill some space in the summer when there's absolutely nothing to talk about but transfers. And I know that can get boring eventually, but uh, also a uh, special mention to uh, Mark Bannister as well. He basically was trying to ask us to dissect what Ming's actually said. We've all kind of had our little bit of input on him. Uh, to be honest, if it's at Ross, it's fair enough because... I mean, there was a number of instances where he didn't even bother tracking back or making an effort to take the ball back. So if it was, I mean, fair enough. Do I think it's personal? Probably not. It's just you're in you're in a game mindset. You're there to win. You're not there to lose. So I could totally understand where that kind of goes at. But uh, anyways, we don't have too much long left in this session anyway. So uh, we'll briefly talk about uh, West Brom. We're just going to do a couple of quick score predictions here and get uh, some quick thoughts. So. Danny, I'll come right back to you. How are you feeling about this one? I mean, West Brom are um, actually, you know what? They play today, I think, at time of recording here soon. So it could technically be three wins on the bounce if they beat Leicester. And then coming into us, wouldn't it be oh so fitting to somehow put them back into the the uh, survival race? You talk about um, Villa having nothing to play for and, and using that as an excuse for, for our performances. West Brom really don't have much to play for. You know, they're giving it a go. The, the, the fact that Sam Allardyce has managed to motivate these guys to, to, to give this a little push at the end of the season. Look, they need to win almost all their games to stay up, right? It's not going to happen, but they're giving it a go. And I, and, and I appreciate that. They've got some, you know, strong players who I think will will definitely make things difficult for us. You know, Dianya, um, who for, for me, you know, it's been a brilliant signing. It's somebody that, you know, I the kind of striker that, you know, we might have... Um, done with in, in January, perhaps, uh, you know, they've Callum Robertson as well, banging in a couple of goals every now and then. I think more than anything, it's the, it's, it's the way that West Brom have responded to, to this crisis and the way that Sam Allardyce has them playing at the moment. Yeah. Look, they're not a great footballing side. If Villa turn up and play with the best of their abilities, they should beat them. But I think this is going to be a very, very interesting derby um, where we've got injuries. Jacob Ramsey is going to play probably. Uh, we might see Keenan Davis playing if you want to get a little bit more physical. It's going to feel like a proper championship match. This I really, I really do think that. I, I'm, I don't mean that as an insult, but this is going to be like a traditional uh, Villa West Brom derby, and, and, and I think it should be fun, you know, regardless of what the result is. Throw Jed Steer back in there. Let's get some. Let's get some uh, good vibes going. Some good memories, just to stare down opponents. Opponents, <laughs> I should say. But Danny, what's your score prediction? Um, kind of go with uh yes yeah, so, oh god i can't i can't actually i can't give a west brom a win prediction i'm not allowed to do that uh i'm gonna go for a tool draw fair enough simon how are you feeling about all this and uh can i get your score prediction as well um i think it it might be uh, a good game for villa to actually have to be honest As, you know the last two liverpool man city tough games against good teams i think west brom 
the fact that they have to win every game, so pretty much to stay up, so they're going to have to have a go, which, okay, obviously the last two results, the win at Chelsea was just a fluke, to be fair, like no one saw that coming. I mean, good performance, but, you know, it's a bit of an anomaly. Um, the Southampton game, the Southampton have been very poor since January, really. So I think they'll they'll come and have a go at us, which I think will suit us, to be fair. And um, I I think it'll be a tough game because it always is against Sam Allardyce team. But I, I don't. Diagne, I agree. Diagne's a good. It looks like a decent player for them. But I think there's very very limited quality in that West Brom team. They they've had a little flutter the last few games, but they've been absolutely bloody awful all season, really. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going to back Emmy Martinez to finally get that 15th clean sheet of the season. I'll go go 2-0 Villa. Fair enough. I'm going to go 1-0 because I, I just feel like we can't score more than one goal right now. So I'll go 1-0. Um, I do want to get that clean sheet. So that's probably thinking with my heart more than my head. Um but yeah, I mean, it be, would be funny to see West Brom stay up because you know every gif is going to be Sam Allardyce uh, dancing to Rihanna um, at that uh, that wedding. It would not be funny. It no. would not be funny to see West Brom. I cannot, I can't see Sam Allardyce's smug face if he manages to keep that team. I, I just <laughs> no, can't go with it. I've quite, I've quite enjoyed watching, you know, Big Sam back in the Premier League. I cannot stand him. He, he should not be a Premier League manager in 2021. I, I disagree with this, right? This is a completely different topic, <laughs> right? But I completely disagree with this, right? Sam Allardyce did a good job at West Ham, right? And the only reason that his side ended up faltering that season is because they announced that he was leaving at the end of it, right? He did not get a fair crack. When he had Michel Antonio firing on all cylinders, he was <laughs> doing something, all right? And he did a decent job at Everton too. I'm not hearing Sam Allardyce slander. That man was ahead of his time. Uh, (laughs) Laughing at Chico Flores for diving. Uh, That's my ultimate Sam Allardyce memory. That that was good, to be fair. I did like that. I mean, who does, who, like, he's comedy gold. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, Mourinho. You love having these personalities in because it's good discussion. And I mean, anymore. I mean, yeah, I mean, apparently he might end up at Celtic or something crazy like that. But anyways, that's for that's a a crazy rumor for another day. But it's good to see (laughs) Sam with his uh, mask on his chin because that's really protecting much anyways. But uh, anyways, guys, uh, we have literally barely any time left in this call. So I'm going to put a little bit of uh, pressure on both you. Obviously, we don't have time to discuss the ES, the ESL or what it, I guess, was because it's no longer a thing after like five seconds. But Danny, a three-word summary on the ESL. That was quick. Yeah. Oh, that's a th- okay. Never mind. I didn't clock onto that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, Simon. How about you? Absolute fucking bollocks. That one's good. Okay, I caught that one. That's good. Um, I'm gonna go with greedy. Uh, wait, no, greedy silly bastards. There we go. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it's something scathing. else. <laughs> Fred. A bit scathing. They're trying to save football. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're making us all just prosper from it. But anyways, guys, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you all very much for joining me. Of course, if you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razajourno. You can find Simon on Twitter at Cy O'Regan. You can find me Cole Penham on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at seventy five hundred Holt. You can email the podcast Holtcast at gmail.com. We will be back after the West Brom game for hopefully. 
a positive review. And if you, of course, like I said before, if you guys have any questions, send them in. We'll read them out. But anyways, we'll leave it there. And don't forget, up the villa. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.